Blog Talk Radio. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Boss Man Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. A gorgeous tan from Suntan City gives you an inner glow that relights the fire when you run into your first crush. Vicky, who is that? An old boyfriend. Lucky you just tanned at Suntan City. Lucky he's single. We're doing lunch tomorrow. Won't be single for long then. During Tour of the City, try all five tans, including spray tan for just $4.99. Restrictions may apply. Click to buy now. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech, and 313 Fresh, Family Grind, ENT. Believe in it, get it. you guys have me on the show today. Yes, indeed. Now, Coach, uh, for you, man, how did it make you feel when the administration was for the Gulf Coast, after being on the coach duty for so many successful years, decided to make you the head man and lead the Eagles going forward? Well, you know, I was just honored that Dr. Mike Martin and Ken Cavanaugh, our athletic director, you know, showed a lot of faith in me. And obviously, on a 24-hour turnaround, you know, I've told a lot of people, they said, man, how did you interview that quickly? And how did they make that decision? And I said, well, you know, I, I like to think I was interviewing for the seven years prior. And so it's just an honor. You know, obviously this has become a program that, that I've made my hometown and, and, you know, where I plan to raise a family and plan to be for a long time. So it's a it's an exciting deal when you're a part of building something that, 
you know, when I got here from Florida State, to be honest with you, I had never heard of Florida Gulf Coast. And now, you know, a lot of us, a lot of people think it's, you know, March and tournament time can be Florida Gulf Coast time, too. And we're going to try to keep that going. Now, Coach, uh, when you was on Coach Enfield staff and Coach Dooley's staff, what, what responsibilities did they give you uh, to help you prepare you to kind of interview on the job all these years so you can be prepared to talk to the president and the administration and show you your work and show, hey, the program was, was, was sustained and possibly going to bigger heights with me at the helm going forward? Yeah, well, you know, when I came with Coach Enfield, I, I'd done, uh, I was a video coordinator in the NBA with the Charlotte Bobcats and then did the same thing with Coach Hamilton at Florida State for three years. So I felt prepared to step into an assistant job because I had great preparation and started out as the third assistant here and coach Enfield was great about really letting me work and recruit and you know I had every third scout and I was overseeing academics and he let me do you know a lot of things in the program and then I was fortunate enough when coach Dooley took the job that he retained me and and he gave me an even bigger leash and let me really really work and you know let me recruit a lot of the guys and and leaned on me and trusted me a lot so I think anytime you worked under really good people you know coach Bickerstaff in the NBA coach Hamilton at Florida State coach Enfield and coach Dooley here you know I'm not I say all the time I'm not any smarter than anybody else or had it figured out any better than anybody else I've just worked for really good people now, Coach, you brought up a good point because uh, I'll try to instruct my listeners about how being an assistant is more than just the basketball court. A lot, a lot of you doing a lot of grunt work for the program. And if you could, Coach, can you kind of lay out what it's like to be an associate head coach, lead assistant, the second assistant, and what the third assistant does as well? Because I think listeners would be good, good to hear that for them to hear kind of how the roles are divided when you're on staff like that. Yeah, it really depends on the head coach and what he's comfortable with. But the staff I've always been a part of, you know, the assistant coaches are usually responsible for every third scout on the schedule. So that way, you know, you're not you're not trying to scout back-to-back games. Usually not happens sometimes. So you do a lot of film work and preparation. And then usually you have an academic team. So there's three or four guys that you kind of oversee academically that you're checking in with all the time and making sure that they're – you know, taking their tests when they're supposed to be and at class when they're supposed to be. And obviously, you know, recruiting is a big part of what we do and building relationships and putting the time and effort, you know, with that. And I always just thought that and really took this from Coach Hamilton when I was really young, that, you know, your job as an assistant coach really is simply to make the head coach, you know, look as good as possible and support him as much as you can. And that's always been my thing is, you know, as an assistant, you just want to make sure you're doing everything the head coach wants you to do. Uh, make sure he's happy with the job you're doing, no matter how big or how small it is. You know, and it's like anything else in life. You know, you start out as a third assistant, you know, smaller task, and maybe you're not recruiting as much. and Maybe you're doing camps and more academics. And then as you grow in your career, you know, you, you start to recruit more and you're responsible maybe for bigger games on the schedule. And so, you know, it's like any other profession. You grow with experience and again if you work for really good people like I have then then you grow even quicker. Yes indeed. Uh, I know Coach Bickerstaff's son, J J B who I'm very close with, he's got the job at the Memphis Grizzlies. Did you work with him by any chance? Was he there with you in Charlotte I, when you was over there working for football? I did work with J B and okay. I have a funny story. I hope you won't mind me sharing this, but I used to I actually texted with J B the other day when he got the job and I said, Congratulations, I'm so happy for you he said, you too. JB said he actually watched some of my press conference, which was cool. And we uh, we still laughed because when I was in Charlotte, I was pretty young. I mean, I think I was 23. I don't remember how old JB was, maybe in his late 20s. And 
he uh, he used to always joke with me because I was an intern, but I was working you know a lot of hours, and I was always in the film room. And he would always say, "Here comes Fly, boss of the interns." So when I texted him the other day, I said, "We haven't spoken in a while." So JB, really happy for you, excited for you. I put Michael Fly, head coach and boss of the intern. So JB's <laughs> a great guy. I'm really really happy for him. Yeah, man. Yeah, Coach Fly, like he kept that team together in Memphis. I was as bad as they played, you know, record wise. His guys prepared every night. He held them all accountable. So I'm happy he got the opportunity because I didn't want him just to be the constant interim head coach everywhere he goes. But then he got 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 to keep the job and got a chance to build on build on things in Memphis. Now hopefully that Mike Conley and Chandler Parsons and Mark Gasol can hang on for their life one more year for him. But it's like, but I'm just happy he has the opportunity to be the head man, lead, lead, lead that team going forward. Yeah, I'm excited for him. He did an unbelievable job when I was in Charlotte with him of getting the players better daily, and he did an unbelievable job in preparation. And I've always thought, you know, in this business, your players know that you care about them as human beings and as people, you know, off the court. They're willing to do anything for you on the court. And JB had unbelievable relationships with the guys. He had a great ability to connect with them as people. But then as soon as they stepped on the court, you know, they had an unbelievable amount of respect for him. And how professional he was and, and how much he knew his craft. So he's been a been a mentor of mine and somebody that I really enjoyed working with when I was younger. Yes, indeed, folks. That Michael Fly on the Boston Show with me here. People talking about Florida Glove Coast and JB Biggestaff, one of our friends of the show here. Now, Coach, uh, for you, what's going to be your biggest adjustment, man, moving up there that way at one seat to the head man position? Like, is it all the meetings? Is it, is it handling the recruits? How setting up your whole staff? So what's been a big adjustment for you so far as you stepped up there at one chair to be the head man here? You know, it's funny, when you're an assistant coach, you always think that, you know, you know how it's going to go when you're a head coach and, you know, you got it all planned out. And I had this great plan of, you know, I'm going to recruit so much as a head coach that I'll outwork everybody else and all this. And then you get into the job and you say, well, I also have to schedule the games and go speak to the boosters and, and check on all the players and, you know, meet the CAB. So it's, it's funny, you know, sometimes you don't realize how much is involved with, your boss you know and so I think it's it's not a huge adjustment from a standpoint of I'm doing the same things I was doing before it's just now instead of me going to somebody and saying hey is it okay if I do this hey what do you think about this you know can we offer this kid you know what did you think when you saw him you know you're just making those decisions on your own which in some ways is easier but you also have an appreciation for how much have to think about as a head coach and and i'll give you an example i've always been a night out up till two or three in the morning you know i've worked better at that time i can retain stuff from a film standpoint better at that time you know i've always gotten up you know seven eight maybe nine sometimes just because you know i'd be up late and i woke up this morning i think my alarm was set for six and i woke up at five just because you know i was thinking about all this stuff that i need to do and so it's been a, a mental adjustment just because, again, you're trying to plan out every facet of the program versus just your role as an assistant, which when I was an assistant, you know, I was doing a little bit of everything, but recruiting was really what I spent most of my time and effort on. Coach, I understand your feeling. That's how I feel in 2014 when I went from a co-host to being the main host. I for the same exact way. Oh, Changes yeah. things a little bit. Yeah, I, I got this. Yeah, yeah. Then I realized, okay, I got a call. 
sponsors. I got to meet with the program directors. I got to call affiliates. I got to meet with staff. <laughs> it was like, I thought, hell, I'm, I'm the co-host. I just show up and do the show. But now I got to do, do everything. So I coach. I feel you. I just how I felt in 2014 when I finally got when I got, got to this show gig as the main host of the show here. Totally understand that. Now, coach. Now, I know Gulf Coast has been known for getting transfers, JUCO guys, high school freshmen, and international players from time to time. Is that a formula you're going to keep kind of kind of mixture of all four of those different ways to get players, or are you going to more focus on the high school base and build the building from scratch like that, or kind of keep the same formula you've y'all had going for a while there down there? Well, you know, again, I was fortunate. I mean, I had a, a lot of um, a heavy hand, if you will, in the recruiting that we were doing before. So, obviously, a lot of the success we had, I'm going to continue to to kind of go with that formula. Um, that being said, you know, we're going to recruit the best players and the best fit for us culturally. And sometimes that's a transfer that you know, a lot of the a lot of the transfers we've gotten are kids that we recruited in high school that. You know, maybe they go out of the state of Florida and, and miss being close to their family, or maybe it wasn't quite what they thought it was going to be wherever they might go and want to come home. And then, you know, we signed some very good high school players that had high major opportunities and, and you know, quote-unquote bigger schools looking at them that realize what a special opportunity this this is. And we've had a few junior college guys, you know, here and there. Same thing there, try to make sure you take guys that are right culturally and, and, you know, want to represent the program the right way. But the biggest thing with us is always let's get the best players we can get that also want to be a Florida Gulf Coast. And I think, you know, sometimes you learn as you're a younger assistant, it's not always just about assembling the absolute best talent you can get. You know, that the talent also has to fit and the talent has to believe in, in the goal and the mission of your program. So, We'll, we'll continue to do a lot of the things that have gotten us to where we are, but I think also everybody coaches to their personality and recruits to their personality, and that's going to be one thing that, that I really focus on is recruiting smaller numbers and really getting to know guys you know, personally and knowing what they're like on the court, off the court, what they want to do when they finish playing, You know, making sure that relationship is so strong that it's a successful situation for everybody, you know, for the the remainder of their time in college and in our program. Now, Coach, are you got on the floor with your guys. I know you got to, you get two hours a week. Now, are you guys still working out or is school out or is the plan to get everybody back in the summertime and kind of work on your system, what you want to instill going forward? Yeah, we got on the floor with them for about two weeks um, after I was named head coach. And, you know, you can only work with them two hours a, a week at this point in the year. So, we started to, you know, do some things different. And I felt everybody, you know, when you win six league titles in seven years, you know, you don't want to mess with the formula too much. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're going to do some things that fit my personality and my, my style of play. And then obviously also part of that will be dictated by the roster. And, and we're still working on recruiting with some guys even now. And, you know, part of it, you got to adjust to the talent that you've got and the strengths and weaknesses of your guys. So, yeah, we got on the court for about two weeks, uh, did a lot of different things, did some of the things we were doing before. But, again, you know, I think you got to do what fits you. And, and we loosened up a little bit, played some music while we were working out, really worked on spacing the court and, and getting back to a little bit of playing, you know, athletically. And, and I told our guys at one point, I said, hey, you know, we've been playing a little more on the ground in the past couple of years. You need to get used to playing in the air again. So we worked a lot on ball screens and throwing lobs and, really spacing the court so the guys enjoyed it really bought into it uh, again coach Dooley did a tremendous job while he was here so I don't want to change too much but 
you know, we're going to do some things differently that I think uh, will fit the way I want to play. Now, so would you kind of say, Coach, maybe the Golden State Warriors style of play of that uh, can be five or four out, spacing, passing, cutting, bat screens, flex cuts are off the ball, kind of that, that, that fake pick and roll. And kind of, it's kind of right. what you envision of playing, kind of watching a lot of tape for those guys because I feel like the way they play basketball is so beautiful to watch because it's movement. They can have a fast break without a dribble, which you rarely see anymore. They can even go off a secondary break and get a, get a basket. Right. You know, even on primary break, they get a basket without – Jumping the basketball, that's something that's missing in today's game. Too many ones to pound, 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 rather than pass the ball because the ball's energy. They just want to throw it down the court and move it out before the defender can get set. Well, you know, I think I say this all the time about style of play. You know, if if I can run out uh, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, I think I can play that style. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we our, our biggest rules, you know, for me as a head coach, and, again, everybody's different, but, my biggest thing is going to be that our guys play with a ton of confidence, that they're not worried about making mistakes. You know, I've told them, you don't ever need to look at the bench. You know, I want you to play through mistakes, and I want you to make plays based on instincts. I don't want you to – I don't want them – you know, I love our guys. I think we have very intelligent guys, but I don't want them out there doing a math equation on the court. I want them out there playing and, and playing on their instincts. And so we've talked a lot about, you know, freedom. we talked a lot about spacing. Uh, talked a lot about playing with a, a confidence that, you know, I'm going to let them go and make plays that I see them make in practice. And my biggest rules are going to be you play hard, you play together, and the open guy shoots the ball. And I think if you do that, you know, it's a success to, to win a lot of games. And it's all, also a style of play that I think people enjoy watching. And I hope that uh, really good players like to play it. And also, Coach, uh, non-conference scheduling-wise, I know it's probably done for you for next year. Are you going to kind of keep the same formula? Because, I, 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 I know you guys have a hard time getting people to play you because you've been so good. And, and, and the brand you have, it's hard to get guys going to come down to Fort Myers and play you guys. So you think that you'll be able to kind of tweak the non-conference schedule, maybe get less guaranteed games or, or buying people buy to play you guys or having to go travel two for one so much or just be on the road so much in November and December? Think you get some guys to come down there and play you guys finally? You know, it's funny you say that. I've been on scheduling calls all day, and I'm actually looking at a calendar right now. So uh, to get the word out, I would love to talk to a lot of people about playing and about scheduling. But, yeah, we're fortunate in that games here um and we actually haven't done any two for one since i've been here um on staff in the last seven years so we're fortunate from that standpoint but yeah it, it can be challenging i was actually just on the phone with somebody and the guy said hey fly you know i know you're talking about you guys are going to be young and you know you lost the player of the year in the league and he started laughing he said nobody wants to hear that <laughs> and so you know, he was just saying, we know you guys are going to be good. You probably got a few guys stashed away that we don't know about. So, you know, I told everybody, you know, we got to, we got to, you know, try to find good teams to play that, you know, are going to challenge us and get us ready for league play because, you know, it's the reality of the situation in our league and in a lot of leagues in the country. And it's a, it's a very competitive league. It's a very good league, you know, but at this point, it's a one bid league. And so everything you do, needs to be structured and scheduling especially to get ready for conference play and then get ready for those three games in March. So we will, uh, you know, I'm looking right now at, at trying to figure out, you know, what when to play on the road versus the home and making sure that we are going to have some younger guys next year who I am going to give confidence and allow them to make plays as freshmen even. But, 
you know, you don't want to go on the road and, and play, you know, four games in a row with younger guys, especially. So it's just trying to figure out, you know, hey, what, what makes the most sense for us? What opponents, like you said, will play us first of all? And then who's going to prepare us uh, as well as we can be prepared for league play? And last one I got for you, this coach, is uh, are there any rules you want to see the committee maybe change or tweak to make the game a little bit better? For me personally, coach, I want to see the ball advance in the the second half like the NBA does. Mm -hmm. I love to see Mm -hmm. the the four quarters maybe making the three-point line a little bit farther out and increase more spacing. So are there some things that you want to maybe see the committee look at or are you good the way it is or are you you kind of wish they would make maybe – Make the game a little bit more freer, move it with the spaces. So let's talk a little bit, Coach. Is there anything you want to see the community maybe tweak rules-wise, make the game a little bit better for people, for people to watch who are not fans like you or I? Yeah, you know, the only two things, and obviously you know, I don't want to become too much of an expert too early, you know, but uh, the only things from a rule standpoint uh, for me, I, I agree with you on the four quarters. You know, I've, I've often said we're the only organized basketball, you know, I don't want to say the league, but organization for lack of a better word with the NCAA that does not play four quarters you know you play four quarters in high school then you come to college and now you're playing two halves and then you go back to playing four quarters if you're if you're fortunate enough to be a professional um so that's something that yeah I agree with you I think that um could maybe be changed at some point just to be a little more uniform and and hopefully you know prepare guys a little more either whether it's a transition from high school to college or transition from college uh, to the pro game. And then the only other thing, you know, and, and I got my start background in the NBA, but the one other thing that's always been a little frustrating to me about college, it's a little different than, than the NBA is, you know, only having five team fouls. I think sometimes officials dictate games a little too much in college. And I don't even think they mean to, they're just making the calls that they see, but with only five fouls, you know, I've often said, how often do you go to a Cleveland Cavaliers game and LeBron James sits out the whole first half with three fouls? You know, you don't see that. And so that that would be my only other rules change is you know, I have no problem with calling the right calls and, and uh, you know, making sure that officials call the game the way they see the game. But it, it is very difficult for me when I see, you know, somebody's best player sitting down for the entire first half with two fouls four minutes into the game. So I think, you know, those are two things that could maybe be tweaked and, and would be interesting to look at. But as you know, anytime you make a suggestion, there's there's a lot of people that all oh, studies say. And so I'm sure there's lots of studies on why to do that or why not to. So yep. those are just be two things for me that, that I've always kind of thought about. You got there, right? Coach Flotte, it's been great having you on the show, man. I look forward to seeing you when you guys play Kennesaw. Or if you're going to try to recruit and give me a holler, let to have you in the studio here with us in here in downtown Atlanta. Come in here, turn on our live stream. People can see you. You, you and the fans can see you here with us in the studio here, man. Hey, we'd love to do that. Anytime you want us on, we'd love to come on. I'd love to be a part of what you're doing. your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv. 
the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Yeah, yeah, it's your man, JC, the host with the most, baby, and it goes down each and every Saturday night right here in the city of Memphis. That's right, y'all. It goes down at Clicks Sports Bar Memphis, baby. 3705 Malco Way, Memphis, Tennessee, 38125. Come out and join us, the Three Kings, each and every Saturday night for the liveest karaoke in the city. Everybody gets in free till 10 p.m., only $5 after. Great food. We got drink specials. We got all kind of games, man. We got the pool tables popping. Whatever you want, we got you, man. Come on out. Have a good time with us each and every Saturday night. That's Clicks Sports Bar, Memphis. 